Mic check, mic check, can they hear us now? Good! What is up everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Combo's Court. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune in to the show. And shouts to our sponsor, Prize Picks, the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. Use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. When you use code COMBO, if you put in $100, Prize Picks will match you $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's show is a recording from the NBA Report. Alex, and yours truly, discuss, is Jason Tatum the next face of the NBA? The Mavs are heating up and much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Alex. I'll leave a link in the show notes for prize picks, and I'll also leave a link in the show notes for the video version of this episode which is on the NBA Report YouTube channel. Let's get into it. Yo, what's good, NBA Nation? Welcome back for another episode of NBA Weekly. All right, me, your host, Alex Chateris, a.k.a. The Tradicast. With me on the other side is my guy, Andrew Saab, also known as the one-two combo. We're here to break down, or not break down, but talk about some topics for this past week. We've had the All-Star break. Look, is Tatum going to be the face of the league? We're going to get Andrew's take on that. You know he wants to talk, discuss that. Steph Curry only wanted to play for Steve Kerr. You know we got to discuss that as well. Jamal Murray missing some more time. Interesting. Are the Nuggets going to be able to, you know, make a deep playoff run? We have the Mavs on a seven-game winning streak. Are they true contenders? And the Heat Pelicans brawl. You know we're going to break this all down. But make sure to lock in. Share the link to this video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Andrew. My man, how you feeling, dude? What's been I'm going fit. on? It's been a minute since I've spoken to you. I know it's been too long, Alex. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here, man. Talking basketball with you, it's always a fun time. It's always a fun time, man. I appreciate talking basketball with you. It's been, I don't even know how long it's been, but yeah, I missed that. I missed the three panel of you, CP, and myself, and just you know, shooting the ish as as we're on here talking basketball. But let's get into it, man. We got, we got. It's a nice Saturday afternoon. We got a lot of topics, so let's start off with your favorite one, as I mentioned, Jason Tatum. All right. Jared Weiss of The Athletic did a phenomenal deep dive interview with Jason Tatum and how he wants to be remembered, how he's trying to improve. He wants to be the face of the league with Steph Curry and LeBron James, you know, starting to, you know, get into the the twilight of their stardom, right? Almost exiting the lead. And Tatum believes that this is his opportunity to now be the face of the league. What, What are your thoughts about that? I mean, I'm glad he feels that way. He should feel that way. When you're like one of the best, you know, top 10 players in the league, I think, and you're young, you should feel that way. I just don't think he'll be the face of the league over, let's say, Anthony Edwards, Hmm. Wemby, and he's currently not the face of the league. I think LeBron and Steph are currently still the face of the league. I know we're going to get Steph a little bit later, but, you know, those are the two guys, and I think there could be two faces of the league, right? Like, we've seen it in the Magic Bird era. So I do believe that Ann Edwards and Wemby could be the face of the NBA. All these guys got to win championships. I mean, Jokic already got one. I don't know if he has the personality to be the face of the NBA. And then we also have to throw Luka Doncic in the mix as well with a few other guys. We got to see what happens this year 
and the next few years going forward. Would you say that Steph and LeBron are currently the two faces of the NBA? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely possible to have two faces or multiple faces of the league. Right. But the thing that Tatum talks about in this article is, you know, he feels like there's an unfair, unfair pressure for, you know, how you talk about guys like Le LeBron, Steph, how he has to win a championship. And he believes that this is an unfair pressure on him. I don't, I don't necessarily understand why he thinks this is an unfair pressure on him. I mean, the Celtics have had a lot of success, especially that first year when they had Kyrie. Granted, Gordon Hayward went down, but then you don't have Kyrie for the playoff for I don't I forget if it was all the playoffs or most of the playoffs. But then Tatum and Brown and Smart and everybody else decide to like raise their game, go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. We got two dynamic wings and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that could potentially lead this team to a championship uh somewhere in the future. And they've made so many good runs as a team. I feel like it's not an unfair expectation that they got to win at all at this point. I, I I get that he's 26 and whatever, but for seven years you've been in the league. You've been doing work. At this point, it's not just like, you can't just say, oh, you almost did it, man. We're going to, you know, give you a pat on the back. You, you got to win it all, in my opinion. Lofty goals, lofty expectations, right? Like, if you want to be the face of the NBA, you usually have to win a few championships, not just one, right? Like the former faces of the league, Michael Jordan, um, one of six championships he wasn't the face of the league till you know maybe one or two uh probably after the first one or even the year before he was but you know michael jordan's a little bit different you got to win a few championships so if you're going to say you want to be the face of the nba you got to win chips man and mm -hmm. i get it like i do understand ring culture sometimes gets ridiculous like it is a team sport so comparing two individual players just off championships i don't think is fair but as the face of the nba you got to win you have to win for sure. And the quote from uh, Jared Weiss's article uh, is this is where this is where what Tatum said. He said, it's a little unfair because everybody don't get the same treatment. Tatum said, I feel like even some guys older than me or the same age as me get looked at differently than I do. Fair or unfair, whatever it is. I think it's because we've had so much early success. And I think he I think he answered his own question. Why it's why he may seem it's unfair. It's he's had so much early success, but if there's guys older than him, it's because they haven't achieved as much as what Tatum and Brown, and the rest of the team has done. And on top of that, ever since Tatum has gotten into the league, it's about how great he could be his potential of this. And look what the team has done so far. And they've already raised that expectation and we've seen how great of a score he is. And if you want to be considered that guy, you got to see the game adapt. He's done that. All right. He's been a better playmaker. He's, gotten to the rim he's eliminated the long twos and so now it's like can you show up when it matters most it's cool that you got into eastern conference finals but can you show up where it matters most and even he acknowledged he didn't do that in the finals against the warriors yeah i think you're spot on with that i had bob ryan on my show you could catch that on the nba report a few episodes back on combos court but i asked him is jason tatum a superstar I'd, you know getting into this conversation you have to be a superstar first i think before you become the face Right. And Bob Ryan, you know, an historian of the game, doesn't believe Jason Tatum is a superstar. He's a, wow. Boston, he's a Boston Celtics fan. And I know people in the comments section were saying Jason Tatum is a superstar in every sense of the word, right? They were saying that. But my thing is, like, in the simplest form, a superstar should be known by, or your mom or your grandma should know who that player is, right? Like, if I ask my grandma or my mom, uh, is that... Do you know who Jason Tatum is? They should have to say yes, right? 
for them to be a superstar. And I asked my mom, do you know who Jason Tatum is? She didn't know. So, I mean, I think that is part of being a superstar. I know we look at it as being like such an amazing and great player, but I think there's more to it than just how well you play basketball. I think to your point, like this is where the level of like nuance and defining like what superstar means kind of gets is where it gets tricky, right? Because Tatum in the sense of like the league, like if you are an avid basketball fan, like you or myself, yeah, I would say he's a superstar because he is very talented. I think if you put him on any team, that would be a winning team no matter what. I look at Brunson as a superstar. I mean, is my mom or anybody else going to know like who Jalen Brunson is unless they watch the league? Probably not. But Tatum's in a big market. Brunson's in a big market. Would they be a superstar to the sense of like a Derek Jeter where you know who Derek Jeter is or Michael Jordan is? I wouldn't say so, no. But in their respective markets, they are superstars, right? And I think that's where the trickiness of like, they are in their markets, they are in the league, but I don't know if necessarily like you go around the world and say like, hey, Jason Tatum and be like, who? Like, who are we talking about right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest football guy, but I know who Dak Prescott is, right? Like, and everybody's going to know who Dak uh, Dak is, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think everybody knows who Dak is, but I mean, the Cowboys are supposed to be America's team, but if you don't watch (laughs) NFL, you know, no one would really care who Dak Prescott is. Um, Unless you're some of my relatives who are big Cowboys fans, but shout out to uh, my two cents. He's like, right now, he's just a solid all-star. That's it. That's That's his take on Jason Tatum, which... Eight, you know, that's that's definitely. I definitely like. It's crazy. Like he's all Tatum is first team All NBA and all of this, and it's like, I guess, I guess this, this is where it gets more complicated, right? Would you consider like Jokic as a superstar? Yes, but if you if you went to somebody outside of like NBA of the NBA ecosystem, right? Would somebody know who Nikola Jokic is? Yeah, that's fair. I don't think so. Like, I'm just playing devil's advocate at this point because this is what I'm saying. Like, maybe he's su- you know what? By the definition that I'm saying, like, I think Jokic is the best player in the NBA. But by the definition that I just went with, no, he's not a superstar. Yeah, I think that's the difficulty. Like, how we use the term superstar, right? And yeah. I'm, sa- I'm not saying like I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right or anything of this nature. I think like how you break it down, like in the league sense, he is. But like outside, does he have that? appeal like a Michael Jordan where it's like on every commercial you see Michael Jordan that's where LeBron is a true superstar right or or even Steph Curry you see him on all these commercials you go around internationally everyone's like I know who that is this guy's walking down the block I know exactly who that is going back to football Patrick Mahomes superstar in the league yeah I don't know like I don't know I'm not I'm so I'm so out of like well because you know why because I'm outside of the football bubble and I know who that is you know what I mean yeah and like, like I watch football. I'm not as avid as I once used to be, where I would watch, sit down Sundays and just watch every single game. Have red right. zone plus whatever game on. I want to like really hone in on. But I, the NFL is also different to the extent where it's like, it's such an American sport that mm-hmm. it's. I don't know, like, like I don't even know how Tom Brady would be received worldwide. That's interesting. Remember that? I mean, this is might be a little bit before your time, Alex, and I'm not going to age myself, but remember the cartoon superstars? Like it, it was actually, I okay. It, it was Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Wayne Gretzky. Like that's what you used to, the level you have, used to have to be on to be considered a superstar. I think cha- things have changed a little bit now. Okay. Okay. 
it has changed, man. I think we kind of like watered down the term yes, to, yes. To, to an extent of like what superstar is and like, like, I think it's happened throughout all sports, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is absolutely a superstar, but like, if you don't tune into the NFL, like, are you going to be walking around? Like people will probably know more who Travis Kelsey is because of Taylor Swift than they do Patrick Mahomes right now. Right. And I think to like, to the old definition that we're talking about, it's only LeBron James and Steph Curry as of right now. And I think that's why this is a conversation because we're trying to figure out who the next legit superstar is when it comes to the younger players. For sure. For sure. For sure. But I think for, but game back to like what Tatum wants, man, it comes down to winning a ring. You got to yeah. win it. Like at, at the end of the day, like, multiple probably for face, right? Multiple, multiple. It can't yeah. just be one. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. even Jokic has won one, but I wouldn't say he's like, he's in the commercials for the league and stuff like that. But yeah, there's a dominance that has to go with it, right? It's like for Steph, for LeBron, all these guys, there has to be a dominance in the league to say, I am the face of the league. So yeah. for Tatum, and look, the Celtics should win multiple championships. Like, I don't look at, like, I never considered Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and all those, and Ray Allen and, and Rondo the face of the league. Right. They only got one. Right. But, like, they are all superstars in their own right. Yeah. You know? And, and I so mean for Tatum, he would have to do that. And honestly, they should. With the way this team's constructed, they should. To have Brown, Tatum, and KP in the way that starting five is, this is historic based on the numbers and their play right now. They should be able to win multiple titles. I mean, if we're talking about superstar, I think Giannis is closer to a superstar than Tatum is. He's more worldwide, for sure. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a two-way player like everybody wants to say about Tatum, and he's won a championship already. Yeah, and he he's more marketable, too, like yes. personality-wise. Yes. I mean, he's, like he's like a big kid. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone in the league knows who he is. Um, yeah. Even without like the internet, it's not without the international pill. It's just like you know who he is. Like they, he does so many comical things like through the social yeah. media age where he's so clippable. Where it's like, oh, this is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. Right, right, yeah. Like I think Jokic is a better player, but I, I would say that Giannis is more of a superstar as of right now than Jokic. Yeah, I go with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But hey, man, for Tatum, just win it. And I don't like, it's interesting just to read through this. And I want to ask you one more thing on this because Tatum talks about, and this is the, this is probably going to irk. I don't know if this will irk or strike a chord with you, Andrew, but I, I took this quote and I, I thought it'd be fascinating if I read this one to you. Shout out to Jared Weiss of the athletic again, who covers the Boston Celtics. And this is, this is the quote from it. You know, Tatum is talking about how he's able to view the game more like chess than checkers at this point, especially, you know, being around so long and playing with uh, Jalen, his counterpart for so for for so many years, and now adding KP to the mix, he's like, uh, where does it go? He's talking about dynamics and how when he chooses to attack in the game versus when Jalen Brown does, right? So Brown likes to attack earlier. Tatum likes to kind of wait and just as the game goes on and then makes it then assert himself. So. His quote is, I think it's just our personalities, right? Tatum said, JB, ever since I've been on the team, he's always just come out and started the game really aggressive. That plays to his advantage. That's the way he gets his juice flowing. I'm I'm a naturally laid back guy. I kind of see things out first, and then I find a way to impact the game when I need to. And we found that balance. What do you think of that? What do you think of that quote, Andrew? Oh man. I don't even know what to think about that quote, Alex. Honestly, I mean, so so what you're saying, you're not that aggressive. You're more laid back. You better get aggressive if you want to win a championship. And you better be aggressive in those late game situations when it's money time. Like when I used to play overseas, they used to call it money time. You got to get, you got to be 
on point when it's money time, Jason Tatum. All this doesn't matter. I mean, I understand they say best player on the best team, but he's also on the best team. Like, like his supporting cast is better than anybody else's supporting cast. So there's high expectations right now. So you better get aggressive when it means most in the playoffs, especially if you want to be the face of the NBA. I may be reading too many, too much into the words right now, but to say that I'm a laid back guy, I like to like, I get the whole chess appeal of it. Like I like to pick and choose where I assert myself and where I start scoring. And when I'm a playmaker, I get that mindset. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a man of worldly wisdom, right? He just, he knows what he's doing. He's picking his spots. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't know how I like to read that man. Cause part of me is also like, I don't, I wouldn't use the term laid back as that. I could say like, I'm more cerebral. Cerebral. Well, J- Jalen Brown is kind of like a genius on the low, so that you're not really more cerebral than Jalen Brown <laughs> either. This is also true. So, like, <laughs> uh, to 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 my point, it's like I don't know if I'd go with the term laid back. I would like to use the term cerebral, uh, calculative. You know, okay. something something along those lines. Like, I wouldn't go with laid back because when I hear the term laid back, it means eh. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a man. fact. And, and Jalen Brown actually plays chess. So he's the one playing chess. What is Tatum talking about? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I thought this was a good quote for you. That's why I chose it out of the article. You tried, you tried, you tried to tee me up to go at Tatum. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know how you know how it is. We, we've had our talks. I've, there, so. uh, yeah, I've been going at Tatum, you know, over the years for a long time now. You know, shouts to him. I hope he becomes the face of the NBA. Do I think it'll happen? No. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I think, like, look. Once you win a title, everything changes, man. Everything changes. But yeah. to NBA Nation. Oh, no, yeah. go ahead. Say what you got to say. And that's not like when you say somebody is not going to be the face of the league, it's not a diss. Like, he could still be an all-time great. He could still be a Hall of Famer. There's been plenty of Hall of Famers that weren't the face of the NBA. It's okay, you know? I just don't think he's going to be the face. I don't know if he has a personality. I don't know if he's going to win enough chips. And I believe that Wemby and Anthony Edwards are the future faces of the NBA. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So and I think, S- and one last thing, sorry to keep cutting you off. I think SGA no, no, is no, a better, I think SGA is a better basketball player than Jason Tatum, but that's just my, there you go. There it is. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that one. Now salute to NBA nation. Thank you all for tuning in for another NBA weekly Saturday edition. All right. Appreciate all of you tuning in through the afternoon. Make sure that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share the links to all these videos and make sure to subscribe to the channel. Here we go with Andrew giving some hot takes already. Let's go. All right. Let's get to the next topic, Andrew, because now we have uh, Steph Curry saying that he only wants to play for Steve Kerr. And now the contracts align where they'll both, both of their contracts will end the 25-26 season. All right. So you have Steve Kerr who got a two-year contract extension. You have Curry's four-year $215.3 million contract expiring the same year. So... It, it, I mean, this is not shocking to me. Steph has won four championships with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, to me, has always seemed like a guy who understands how to read the room, how to pull his team together, understands how to manage the highs and lows. I mean, to win four championships, I get that you need the players, but you also need the guy who's able to maintain the emotions, the egos, and stuff like that. And maybe... You can argue that Steve Kerr has lost that ability based on what Draymond is doing, how Clay is talking on the mic and talk about the twilight of his career and the open frustration on the court at times. But I think Kerr has deserved that leeway based on the success the Warriors have had. And so I'm not shocked that the war that Steph says, you know, I want to, you know, only play for Steve Kerr. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'm not shocked either. And I think it was a perfect combination for an undeniable all-time great talent when, you know, the skill sets of Clay and Draymond and then Kerr bringing in that system. And it started with Mark Jackson. Kudos to Mark Jackson. I just thought it was a perfect combination for him to be an all-time great player, to be to start to get into those now, like, top five conversations. I'm not saying he's top five, but he's in those conversations now because it was such a perfect opportunity um, along with his work ethic and talent. So I totally get why he would be loyal to Steve Kerr. I also don't think that they're going to be over after these two years. I think they have a lot more to contribute to the game of basketball, Steph Curry as a player and Steve Kerr as a coach, and maybe they'll figure out how to – you know, maybe get Kaminga into the mix where they could still compete. But uh, Kaminga kind of is like their second guy, maybe after these two years or, you know, so we got to see how this goes. But I think they'll continue to compete for championships even past these two years. Will it look the same? Will it be with Claymont, with Clay and Draymond? Claymont. I made them a duo. You saw that? <laughs> will, it, will it be with Claymont? I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I think they'll continue to compete even after these two years. Do you think with these... Okay, well, let me pull that back. Do you think that do you do you think that this is the right decision for the Warriors to stay? Do you see them having to continue success even after this season? I mean, I get that the Warriors look. It's you got to cater to your superstars. Steph Curry, superstar, mm -hmm. and he's won you four rings. One of the best, greatest shooters. One of the greatest shooters we've ever seen play the game, right? And so you have to do everything in your in your possible possession to make sure that you could continue to win with Steph Curry. But do you think it's even the right decision on the Warriors? Cause sometimes, you know, you got to say, all right, this is what my superstar wants, but is it the right decision? I ask you that because Steve Kerr, you know, has gotten some pushback within the organization by the fan base saying, Hey, he's not implemented the young guys that we want implemented, whether it be Kaminga, whether it be Moody, whether it be, uh, was it not Wiggins? Pods, um, pods. Well, pods is another one, yeah. but I'm thinking about James Wiseman who got traded. You know, oh, that yeah. was another that was another issue on that team. But do you still think it's the right decision to keep Kerr around based on some of the pushback he's gotten this season? Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's leaning into the youth more now, right? Pods is starting, Kaminga's starting to look like their second guy. And I think he's embracing the youth at this point. So I think those criticisms have started to fade away. And I understand he wanted to give his veteran players time at the moment you know, to get into a rhythm. You know, Clay might end up being the sixth man at some point this year. Who knows? But, you know, nobody knows this team and the culture of this team better than Steve Kerr. And I totally, in a world that we're always looking for the changes and how do we change the roster and how do we change the coach? We saw, we saw Adrian Griffin with the second best, I believe, offensive rating in history of the NBA. Like, they, like everybody was talking about the Pacers. He was right there, right? And they changed the coach. I understand probably, you know, their top players had something to do with that, right? But in a world where we're always changing the coach and we're always changing the players, I think the most successful teams stick to who they have when they already have seen success from that. For sure. But I guess, like, when I look at it from a Warriors perspective, like, I agree that you got to keep it going. I don't know if how far they're going to go in the next few years. I think that we're starting to see the tail end, but I get that you want to win it. I'm, I don't. I guess I'm more on the side that I believe that I could see it ending in 25, 26, where, you know, if they can't build this team, if Kaminga, if Paz, if these guys can't take that next step forward to really compete next to Steph, that I could see them going in a different direction. And I don't know whether, like, 
it's I've always said that Steph will retire Warrior. He has to retire Warrior, man. I mean, between him, Draymond, and Clay, like it just feels like they should be the next Spurs dynasty, like you know, where you have Duncan, Manu retiring Spurs, Parker retired, like didn't get to retire a Spur. You know, he went down to Charlotte, but obviously is a Spurs legend. I just feel like that's how it should go, but it probably won't go that way because I the, the where they are right now, they're 29, 26. They're just three games above 500. They're 10th in a tough Western Conference. I don't know if they can get back to that dominance that they were in years past where now you could tell me that they're going to compete with Minnesota, a young rising team who's as young as they are right now is making a statement for this is what is to come, that they're going to be this competitive year in and year out. Same thing with OKC, very young team, going to be competitive. The Nuggets, all right? We're going to talk about them in a second because we already know. You got the Clippers who, to me, that's more of a flash in the pan. All those superstars are not going to be there forever. They're closer to the end of their careers. And then you have the Mavs, who are a young team, who we're also going to talk about them as well. But it just seems like between the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Mavs, God knows where the Pelicans stand if they can keep that thing going. And the Nuggets. It just doesn't seem like the Warriors will be back in that top-tier dominance as they once were. And I just feel like I could see it ending 25-26. Yeah, I think there's also value in having Steph Curry in the sense. Obviously, there's value in having Steph Curry. But in sense of you're always going to be good, like you're never going to get that bad. And then you're always going to have butts in the seats. And even if you don't win championships, there's value in that, right? Like, some teams don't have to tank all the way, some of the teams with great culture. And I think you keep Steph Curry for as long as possible. Hot take, though. I think there is one team that Steph Curry could finish his career on. What's that? The Hornets. Seth is already there. Oh, my goodness. Bring bring Dell down from the commentating booth. Let him coach. Finish finish the career with Charlotte, man. They're winning games now. They are winning games, shockingly enough. (laughs) They're trending upwards. Bring Steph there. Finish it with Seth. Steph and Dell, it's a family affair down in Charlotte. Good God. Um, <laughs> that is truly just to get butts in the seats. You want to talk about getting butts in the seats and not winning a championship? That is going out to the Hornets and then like, I don't know, it sounds more <laughs> of like, not saying that it, it sounds like a, a Michael Jordan Wizards type story. You know what I mean? Like something along those lines. And Yeah. And after Michael Jordan just leaves, look at look how that all ties together. Yeah. Oh, the Curry, the, so the, the Hornets the, go back to being a dumpster fire is what you're telling me. You know, that's that's high-efficiency shooting with Seth and Steph and Dell as a coach. Great mm. shooters. And you got your boy Brandon Miller out there, so. That's true. That's hey, true. That two-way be, player. That could, be, that could be dynamic, man. That could be dynamic. Does Steph want to play with Bridges, though? Is that somebody he wants to be associated with? I don't know, man. You know, I yeah, don't know. You, know you know, Steph gets along with everybody, though, doesn't he? He does. I mean, he's got that personality to do so, but you never know, man. You never know. Yeah, Things, yeah. The Bay is much different than – uh being in, in Charlotte. So who knows? Maybe he likes that it bougie is. lifestyle, man. Who knows? Maybe he does. But actually, the Bay will uh, host the All-Star game next year, which is exciting. That will be exciting. Yeah. So, hey, Steph staying with Steve Kerr makes sense. I don't see it going. I Do you see it? I Like I said, I see it ending 25-26. I don't know, like, how far you – like, it's, at the end of the day, if you're Steph, you want to go to a team that can compete. Do you see that happening? Do you see the Warriors getting to that level of competition? In the next two years. I don't know if they'll win championships, but I think they could stay competitive if you're still developing pods and Kaminga. Top and, six? Do you think they'll be top six in the West in the next few in the next season? I mean, so much could change in that time, Alex, right? But yeah, I believe they can if Kaminga keeps getting better. If pods what if pods and Kaminga become all-star talents? 
And then you have an aging Steph Curry with a Steve Kerr and you build around the edges. And who knows? Draymond could be that, I mean, player, coach type player. I don't know what kind of influence he's going to have if he keeps acting crazy all the time. But, you know, I don't know if Clay ends, ends his career there. It always felt like he had some, like, he always felt like he was being left out, whether at the top 75 list or the money he makes with the Warriors. I, it was always when like, KD joined the team. Exactly. There's always been a little bit of angst there. So I could see, you know, Clay ending up somewhere else. But what if you could develop Kaminga and Pods while keeping Steph Curry and build around the edges? I, I think they could stay competitive. I, I mean, I would love to see it. I feel like that's, you know, Curry's had that opportunity for many years. And now we're just starting to see him shift towards that change because he has to, you know, there's like, it's different being a, a coach that thinks that saying, you know, we can rather than saying that, Oh, I'm reacting now because of the situation we're placed in, which is 10th in the Western conference right now. They're in playing category with the Lakers, the Suns, and the Kings, but Hey man, we'll see what happens to, to the Warriors. Good for those guys for being together for another two more years, at least. And we shall see what happens. Let's get to this next topic though. And salute to NBA nation for tapping in. Uh, Jamal Murray misses some time before the all-star break. He missed that game right before the all-star break. And now he's missing his first game back post break against the Portland trailblazers. Mike Malone saying he's got some shin splints. Andrew are the nuggets in trouble right now. And I get that it's a minor injury, right? Jamal Murray can return. It's just, we're talking about shin splints, but are you worried about this nuggets team? like making a deep run in the playoffs based on Jamal Murray's injury history right now. I mean, let's see. I think let's let me see if I have the the cal- let's let's see if I got the calculation right right now. The 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 Nuggets have played a total of let's see 38-19. They played a total of 57 games. I think that's right. 38 plus 19. So they played a total of 57 games. And Jamal Murray has only played I think he's played 40 some odd games this season. Or maybe even less. Let's see what he got. Jamal Murray has only played 41. He's played 41 games a season. Are you concerned that him missing too much time would put the Nuggets uh, back? Are you concerned that he may miss time in the playoffs? I mean, he's been injured twice so far this season. He missed some. He missed significant time the first time around. Yeah, you know, there's always a concern, but there's also a concern with. The Clippers, because a lot of their stars are always injured, right? There's always, you know, your New York Knicks. There's lots of concerns there. There's a whole bunch of teams. I mean, a lot of winning a championship is just staying healthy, right? So it, it definitely is a concern. It's also weird, like how he went down, like it was a single occurrence injury, and they're saying it's shin splints, which, from my understanding, shin splints don't really work like that. It's not like, oh, you're playing basketball and then you go down and you're laying on the floor for two minutes and then you got shin splints. Uh, that shin splints is usually an injury that happens over time unless it flared up during that one occurrence. But I, I think Jamal Murray will be ready for the playoffs. He proved in the bubble. He was ready. He proved last season he was ready. And he's never been like the most spectacular regular season player. He always mm-hmm. improves in the biggest moments opposite of like what we see from Tatum sometimes. Um, but yeah, shots fired. I think, shots fired. Yeah. You caught that. But um. I think he'll be ready, but it's definitely a concern, especially because their depth isn't the same as last year, right? Um, at the end of the day, I do believe he'll be okay, and I do believe Jokic is the best player in the world. And I think Mike Malone shouts to New York. New York guy is one of the best coaches in the league, and I do think they win it again. So it is a concern, but I also do believe that Denver, and I know you sent me something today that the Celtics are in a tier of their own. But that's just <laughs> I'm really setting but, you up for today. <laughs> but 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 that's just like that we're just purely going 
off of regular season and not what we saw from the Nuggets last year. The disrespect yeah. to the Nuggets is like uncanny, though. Co- it it really is uncanny. What, like the Celtics are in a tier of their own. Like I don't get like I. There are some teams in the tier with the Celtics. I mean, I would say the Nuggets are a tier ahead of the Celtics. Not that they're playing better in this regular season, but you have to take some of the evidence of last playoffs as well. And who so Nikola Jokic? And who Nick? And who Nikola Jokic is, and how those players fit around Nikola Jokic. So what Andrew's talking about, so that everyone's on the same page. ESPN's uh, Kevin Pelton uh, t- uh, created tiers for NBA uh, championship contenders. Tier one and elite in a class all of their own is the Boston Celtics. They are tier one. Tier two includes the Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. That that's called to Pelton the inner circle contenders. Boston being the favorite. Uh, tier three, the hopefuls, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New York Knicks, uh, the out. Oklahoma City Thunder, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Phoenix Suns. And then tier four, uh, the long shots, which includes the Dallas Mavericks, the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat, and the New Orleans Pelicans. And this was uh, posted three days ago. How many of those teams, like the Cavs were super hot, right? Like, yeah. we'll get to the All-Star break. Come on, man. Those a lot of those teams in the tier with the Cavs and the tier behind the Cavs have a better chance to win a championship than the Cavs. I don't know how the Cavs are there. Cavs are in the same tier as the Clippers at OKC. In terms no, no, of no, 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 no. Cavs are in there in tier three with uh, the in tier three with the Wolves, Knicks, Thunder, 76ers and Suns. Wolves and Thunder like they shouldn't be in the same tier with the Wolves and the Thunder. In my opinion, I mean, the Knicks are a better team, I think, like I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand these. These tears are a little. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, I wouldn't. Cavs still got to prove something to me, man. I mean, uh, uh, don't you? Don't you think Minnesota and OKC have a better chance of winning a championship than the Cavs? And I love the Cavs. I know they went on like what it was eighteen and two. Yeah. I mean, this is you have to like look and at I, it. And I, I agree yeah. with you on that. I agree yeah. with you on that. Just talent, depth alone, right. physicality, the way they play yeah. defense. Like, yeah. I look at the Cavs as more of a finesse team. Right. Yeah. Defensively, they're awesome. Defensively, I'm not yeah. thinking of them as respectfully, stoppers. right? Yeah. 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 Respectfully. Yeah. Like I don't think yeah. of them as like a defensive stop. Like they they score a lot. They're able yeah. to put up a lot of points. Uh I do not look at them in the like if you give me in a seven game series, I'm gonna take the wolves. Like I know they're not hundred percent. Five games. Tell me if the, if if, five they, games. if the cat I believe the Knicks if fully healthy will beat the Cavs yet again. Five, five games. I think a lot of those teams beat the Cavs at five games. Like, like the the Knicks. Minnesota at OKC beat the Cavs in five games, in my opinion. And I think Donovan Mitchell is a great talent. Um, Jared Allen's playing great this year. And I think, you know, I think actually the Cavs found their identity, you know, with a couple of those guys being injured. They leaned into Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen as their staples just from the situation they were in. It was almost a blessing in disguise, even though you never want to see anybody injured. But to say they're in the same tier as OKC and Minnesota and the Knicks, I I, I don't think so. Yeah, like I would I would have moved the Thunder and Timberwolves up to tier two with the Nuggets and the Bucks, And the Nuggets like, should be in tier one. Yeah. The Nuggets should be in tier one. I agree yeah. with that. Like that's how I would have put it at least. And then if you want to say the Cavs and Knicks, the Sixers uh, and the Suns are in the same tier. Like, I don't even know how the Suns are above the Mavs. Like, I don't know how, yeah, I, I mean, don't the know Ma- how the Ma- that. Yeah. The Mavs won their last seven and, they added some front court depth. I mean, I, I don't even know how you put the Suns over the Pelicans. The Pelicans are playing better than the Suns. And like, if we're like, are we talking about these teams fully healthy? Because 
that's the biggest concern for the Suns. If they're fully healthy, if they're not fully healthy, that team's not going far. Yeah, I mean, if the Sixers are fully healthy, they might move up a few tiers, right? I mean, this is just what they do, man. They create the fodder for us to really be shocked and to give us uh, so that we can give our opinions. The Celtics are in a tier all on their own. All on their own. They haven't won a damn thing yet, but they're in a tier all on their own, Andrew. Forget about that Denver has Nikola Jokic, the best player in the NBA, and what he did last season in the playoffs and in the finals. Forget about that. doesn't matter. Celtics are better. Disrespect, man. The disrespect to the Nuggets. I, I, this is where I'm like, it's not even a small market at this point. The Nuggets just get disrespected. And I'm like, this team's just cruising, <laughs> dealing with whatever problems. They're just quiet. They just keep working. And we're just saying, hey, you know what? It's the Celtics to lose at this point because they have a 44 and 12 record. So that's what we're dealing with over here, man. That's what we're dealing with. But you're not concerned with the Nuggets and Jamal Murray. I, I'm not concerned. Yeah. I'm not concerned. I'm actually, I'll, let me. I'm not extremely concerned, but I am concerned. If I had to put it on a scale of like one, one to ten, I'm probably at, I'm probably at a five for the Nuggets, just yeah. because it depends on Jamal Murray's like his injury history is now getting a little concerning, right? Like he tore mm-hmm. he tore his ACL, missed time. Um, he comes back from an injury, had to work his way back in. Obviously, like when he's out there, you talked about he can just step up his game when it comes to the when it comes to playoffs, but. You need him, man. I think him missing time. I part of me worries just worries about like him being in rhythm for the postseason. Is there going to be something else before the postseason that he deals with? Like this is twice now throughout the injury throughout the season. I get that there's some maintenance involved, but I don't know twice throughout the season, and we're talking about shin splints. I don't know if Mike Malone is like making a less than what it seems because this is what he said: it's shin splints and everything he's dealing with right now. Every time. He's playing. It's going to be an issue. This is not second. This is not a second night of a back-to-back resting. He's ma- he's is managing an injury. It's just something we're just going to have to find a way to figure out. And for him to say that, it, that's why I think it's more than. That's why I'm a little concerned because it, it to me that seems more than just shin splints. Shin splints means like to me, and I I dealt with them running track and just like how you run it, you can get back out there in no time. Like, right, you yeah. might have to miss a little bit of time. I, so, so you know how shit splits work. It's not like you were playing basketball one day and then you got hurt and you were on the floor for three minutes. No, it's constantly, it, you yeah. Know. It's like that didn't look like that didn't look like a shit splint injury because the shin splint injury isn't happening in one moment. You know, right? Yeah, right. So that's why I'm a little concerned, man. I don't know if yeah. like Moore's trying to lead on a little bit more than yeah, or try exactly. to make it seem less than what it actually is, and so that's why I'm concerned for the Nuggets because. If you don't have Jamal Murray, and we've seen this in the past, as great as Jokic is, he needs Jamal Murray. And like mm-hmm. this goes for any superstar. This goes for any star, right? Yeah, right, right. LeBron James needs help. Steph Curry needs help. Doesn't matter who it is. That's why I hate the whole oh Brunson, you know, Brunson's a one B. It's like that's that's nonsense. All right. Everybody needs help. Doesn't matter what position you are. Michael so, Jordan, Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen, right? Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen. Yeah. So to me. Look, Kobe needed Shaq as much as Shaq needed Kobe, all right? So, to me, if you don't have Jamal Murray healthy for the playoffs, I could see the Nuggets taking a slight step back. He could be out there, but if he's not healthy and fully healthy to do what he can do, which is being able to get downhill, being that pick-and-roll dynamic guard with Nikola Jokic, it changes the entire dynamic for the Nuggets in the postseason. And to your point, AD got to be healthy. Randall got to be healthy. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has to be healthy, right? Like all, Paul George has to be healthy. I mean, there's a bunch of players that really Jimmy Butler has to be healthy. Where is he on the list, Mr. Kevin Pelton? Where, where is, where is 
playoff Jimmy and the Heat on this list. Uh, they're long shots. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's crazy because you can't, you can't solely judge what's going to happen in the postseason on what's happening in the regular season because the postseason and the regular season are so different. It's, it's so like it, it's like it's like a different sport. It really is. I mean, the game yeah. slows down, the physicality goes up. Right, it's right. not the same thing, man. It's right, totally right. not the same thing. Right. So, I mean, these lists, you know what all these lists are for, man. Yeah. Ke uh, Kevin Pellens, welcome on the show if he wants to discuss his list. I would love to have him on the show, man. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's talk about how you rank these teams, man. What numbers are you looking at? I'd love to know. But salute to NBA Nation. Thank you again for tuning in for NBA Weekly. It's me, your host, Alex Terrace, a.k.a. the Tratocaster, my guy, Andrew Salop, a.k.a. the one-two combo. We're here back at it again talking basketball and you know who's hot right now, Andrew? Who's hot? Alex. The Dallas Mavericks, a seven-game winning streak. They are. They traded for P.J. Washington. They got Gafford from the Washington Wizards, and it just seems like the entire team has now been uplifted, yeah. overhauled, and now they look great. And this team, to me, man, I want to know from you, are, they, are these contenders? Because the way they're playing, I mean, they took down the Suns. I know, like, we have questions about the Suns, but Kyrie and Luka, it seems like ha they have their squad to go fight in the postseason. Yeah, but we talked about the face of the league. Uh, Luka has a chance to be the best player in the league really soon, right? I mean, Jokic has that title for me clearly at this point, but Luka is uh, he's just different, bro. That guy is absolutely different. And then Kyrie's playing at a very high level now. So, uh, and they added the front court devs. You know, Derek Lively has been great with them. When Derek Lively was drafted or before the draft, I was saying, like, Dallas would be the perfect fit for him. So I was so happy to see him go there and thrive. So they have some defensive pieces. Now they got more front court depth. And I, I think they could definitely get legit because Luka has shown, like, you do something once, you do something twice, you're probably going to see it again. We've seen him have the Phoenix Suns heart in his pocket. We've seen him have, in the bubble, the Clippers heart in his pocket. He can literally take over a series on his own. And then he has Kyrie Irving right next to him. I mean, they are going to be a problem in the playoffs. Also, this is a win-win trade. Shouts to the Hornets, man. Grant Williams changing things around for the Charlotte Hornets. I think they got like four or five wins in a row. So win-win trade for both sides. Uh, rubbing people the wrong way in that Dallas <laughs> Mavericks locker room. as uh, I'm uh, changing, a, changing his sneakers from Lucas to Tatum's. Wow. wow. Man really misses being in Boston. Look at that. <laughs> But hey, look, this is the this is the run that the the Mavs have been on so far. They defeated the 76ers 118 to 102, the Brooklyn Nets 119 to 107, the Knicks 122 to 108, the Thunder 146 to 111. That's a statement win in my eyes. They beat the Wizards 112 to 104, Spurs 116 to 93, the Suns 123 to 113. So, they're on a good seven-game winning streak. They next face the Indiana Pacers tomorrow at uh 5 p.m. So I'm looking forward to watching that game. I want to see how they compete against a high-octane offense like the Pacers. But I think when you look at the Mavs and how they're currently constructed, after moving Grant Williams, and I do agree that was a fair trade, they just have more hype, man. They just have a legit big man in the front court now. And P.J. Washington being that four that can stretch the floor for these guys like Luka and Kyrie to get downhill changes everything. And you don't got just rely on Derek Lively, who's been a revelation for that team to play the center. You got Gafford there too. So you got some veteran experience on a guy who's played the position for a long period of time at a high level. So it's just so many interchangeable parts now for the Mavericks. I'm they're gonna be interesting. Looks like the Knicks are gonna get that pick this year because this team's competing. Okay. So thank nice. you. Thank you to the Dallas Mavericks. I appreciate that. 
uh, don't tank again. We knew we would like another first rounder. Uh, but hey, the Mavs are looking like a legit team, man. How far do you think with this team they can go in the postseason? They could go all the way. All the way. They could. They could. Wow. You, you, so, you, so, you, so you're saying, okay, well, I mean, I'm going to go through some matchups with you then. I'm going to go through some matchups. Are all we right. going in full health? What are we doing here? Full health, every team? All team f- fully healthy. Where I, I don't, because that's the only way you can, you can gauge this. I mean, if I say, hey, this team's not healthy and the Mavs are going to be healthy, which they are right now, they're going to, that, that's just, yeah. it's not fair. So let's go fully healthy. Minnesota Timberwolves, Dallas Mavericks, who are you taking? I'm taking the Timberwolves. Taking the Timberwolves over the I'm, I, I'm taking the Timberwolves, but I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like, I think it's pretty close. Okay. I'll take the Timberwolves, though. Thunder. Yeah, I think they got too much front court depth. And then on top of Luka and how good he plays in the post, Kyrie's actually an underrated post player himself. Um, they'll just be too much physical. Like, Luka will have a field day against OKC. And I, I think they will. I think that's a tough matchup for OKC. So I'll take okay. I'll take the Mavs there. All right, Clippers or Mavericks? Who are you taking? Man, that's tough. Another close series. I'm going Mavericks, bro. Yeah, I'm going wow, Mavericks. over the Clippers. Yeah. All right. I think you know. I I think history tells me that Luca could take the Clippers' heart and put it in his pocket. Okay, I I'll catch up to you because I haven't I haven't said I I I think the. Mavs can take down the Timberwolves. I think they could take down the Thunder. I think the Clippers would beat the Mavs. I'm okay. going to catch up right there. Nuggets, who you got? Nuggets, full health Nuggets. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with the Nuggets as well. Pelicans? Oh, they're beating the Pelicans. Okay. So that's the, those are the five teams in front of them. I agree they'll take down the Pelicans. I agree that with you the Nuggets would win that one. Where we differ is that I think uh, the I think the Mavs could take down the Timberwolves. I think even though with the Timberwolves' defensive physicality, I think the Mavs have too much offense that, think they'll just break the game wide open, right? Yeah, Maybe. I think they can break yeah. the game. Yeah, and yeah. I've seen, and like I think that's just it's just for I'm pretty sure the Mavs actually without I think it was Kyrie's first game back against the Timberwolves, the Mavs actually took down the T Wolves. I'm not sure if Luca played that one. Let's go back. Let me go back to see that one. I think Mavs and um Timberwolves have the two most underrated players in the NBA. Okay. P.J. Washington and Nas Reed. P.J. Nash- PJ Washington and Nas Reed. Two of the I most under- that. Yeah. Those guys are probably the two most underrated players in the NBA. You know who's and underrated? Not- you know who's underrated at this point? Who? Kyrie Irving. When Kyrie Irving is playing like this, like, like fill in the blank, Kyrie Irving is a top blank NBA player. When he's playing like this? I mean, this is top, who he's been. This top he's 15. Been? He's definitely top 15. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you. I don't know to go through a top ten list. Yeah, right we're not now. gonna we're not gonna go through it. it. It's funny because I think my guy Seth Parnell always says this. He's like, there's like twenty top five guys. Yeah, it's like you, you bring up somebody, you're like, yeah, he's top five. No, he's top five. And then you went through like twenty guys. You're saying he's top five, but nah, I agree with you, man. Like Kyrie Irving, when he's playing like this, he's 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 top fifteen. He's tough, man. He is yeah. tough to guard. And, he, like and, the, the, and if you really watch him, like everybody watches the highlights and all the finishes and the handle. He plays really simple for a lot of the game. Like he's a he's he a does, great man. shooter. Yeah, he's very fundamentally sound. Very fundamentally sound. He's t- I mean, the thing is, like he just, he can knock down tough contested shots, and he just knows where he wants to get to on the floor. It doesn't have just like I know all the highlights are his like his dribble combo moves and how he gets to the rim or just. 
breaks guys' ankles, but he does. He's not doing that throughout the entire game. He's just knowing which spots he wants to get to. And look, that team right now, Maver the Mavericks are dangerous, man. I, I think they're a Western Conference Finals team the way they're currently constructed. I think for me, it always comes down to: Do the Mavericks have most of their pieces that they were there? The important pieces to get there after the trade, right? Like you added PJ, who's a big, who's more, who's a big impact player. You added Gafford. I feel like that just to me is like an off season to get to the finals. They can get to the Western Conference finals, but I, to me, it's it, it's kind of hard to see them being in the NBA finals. I think they have a good enough roster now, right after the trade deadline. I think they're missing some intangibles. Do they have a true leader? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. As much as I like them, like who's the who? leader in that locker room? That's a good one. I think Kyrie is. I think Kyrie would. Be okay. Okay. Like I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know, but I, neither I, am I, but I feel like the yeah. way that Kyrie is perceived around the league, everyone likes him. Mm. Maybe he's grown from his time in Boston as being a leader, but I feel like that would be the leader in the locker room. If I had to choose one. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think at this point that's probably right. Yeah, and yeah, it was Kyrie's when, first game back. Kyrie's first game back, uh, uh, from injury. Mavs played the Timberwolves. They won one fifteen to one oh eight, and they didn't have and they did have Luca. Okay, so Luca was on the floor too. So, not that regular season means anything, but I feel like offensively, both those guys had over thirty points, and they didn't have the front court depth at the time. So, well, we know they could coexist on the offensive side. For anybody who is skeptical about that, you need how many basketballs do you need? All that talk. I mean, that has been answered already. Like yeah. that has been answered. They could play together. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Let's get to this last topic and salute to NBA Nation for tuning in once again. Pelicans brawl, man. You're we're down in the Big Easy. Okay, and uh, we had a little scuffle, man. We had some, uh, we had some fighting in the Ooh. Big Easy. You know, it was in the fourth quarter. And it was between uh, four players, including Jimmy Butler uh, and and Thomas Bryant from the Miami Heat, and Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall from the Pelicans. And uh, things started getting chippy after uh, Kevin Love fouled uh, Zion Williamson. Gam, I'm going to share the tweet. For you, so you can put this on the screen. Oh, you do have it. There we go. There's there it is. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that right there. Look at that. Look at that. Grabbing Jimmy Butler's neck. Woo! So all these guys got thrown out, man. It was like it was almost like two separate situations, though. I think we could say, right? It was like it was a Jimmy situation with Marshall and then Jose Alvarado, New York City's own. Mm-hmm. With a quick one. Right to Bryant. That was quick, man. That was he. That was quick. Almost like he plays defense. Like he, he, he'll sneak up on you, even though it was right in front of his face this time. Like not when he gets those steals, but that was quick, bro. Like you had to watch that. He got, he got, he got quick hands, man. He's been working on. He that. does. Hey, man. You know, he grew up in New York City. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. You know, look, like this really isn't that big of a deal. The reason why it's such a big deal to the NBA all goes down to the malice at the palace. Like they don't want to see that ever happen again so they try and nip stuff like this in the butt yeah it, it's like this is part of basketball you know it, it's it's part of basketball i'd also say like the kevin love foul wasn't really that bad it wasn't and even it, even zion yeah. acknowledged like that like kevin love yeah. foul wasn't that bad he's like he actually tried to prevent me 
for Mike yeah. Fallenhart. So, yeah. you know, look, I like chippiness in basketball. I feel like it's too much buddy-buddy at the time yeah. uh, in the league. And I do like seeing things get a little heated from time to time. But, you know, this is just kind of the nature of the beast sometimes with uh, the Miami Heat. You know, with Bam Adebayo extending uh, his legs outside of his shoulders when setting a screen, some seeing some illegal screens, you know what I mean, man? And, uh, how, about, how, about, how about that Duncan Robinson clip you shared today? Hey. Duncan Robinson grabbing legs as he's on the ground. Yeah, this is the heat culture that everyone likes to praise, right? The heat culture. Good God. Please. Please stop. Um, if this is how these players have to play in order to win games, then uh, I don't know if I want to be associated with anything like that if I were from the Miami uh, area. But, hey, that's just my opinion. But well, Jordan Hawkins, great job. Jordan Hawkins, uh, underrated player. Hopefully he gets a real opportunity. Movement shooter did a great job of breaking it up. He really stayed on Marshall. Just for that that's what that was one of my um in-depth analysis. Is that a word analysis? Is? I don't think so. Um of of what happened. He did a great job of uh holding Marshall back. It was uh it was impressive. He did, man. He did. And uh according to Willie Green, he's like, I thought it was two competitive teams that want to win. Uh sometimes you're gonna have things like that happen. <laughs> and to me He's right, he's right. He is. It's, he's yeah. totally he's totally right, man. Look, it's two competitive teams. Jimmy had some uh had some words after that. He, he didn't said, want the uh, fine. He said he said he said he should have almost uh, done more so he could uh, earn his fine. I don't know if that was verbatim what he said, but that's basically what he said. That and he also said we'll beat New Orleans. He said we'll beat, and this is he said we'll beat the New Orleans, New Orleans next time too. Butler said after the game, when we get them on our home court, it's going to be a different game. I hope they're healthy. It's going to be the same outcome because the Heat were able to win that game one hundred six to ninety five against the Pelicans last night. But to me, man, like this does happen. I like it. Like I said, I think we need more for this. It just adds to the intrigue of the league, right? Like when you have that, that fire, it's even when you think about what was the Suns and the Pelicans and just when Chris Paul was on the Suns and that chirpiness, that chippiness uh, in the, was it the playing game or playoffs? I forget which one. I forget if they, I forget which round it was, but that's what you want to see, man. You want to see teams be this competitive, have some bad blood, it's so like when you think about the Knicks facing the Miami Heat or the Knicks Pacers, man, those battles, and like teams hated each other. I want that. I think about Warriors and Grizzlies, man, especially when uh, when you have what's his name? Um, I can't even think of his name. He's on the he's on the Houston Rockets. Why, Dylan Brooks. When you had Dylan Brooks on the Grizzlies, right? And that just that that animosity. It adds yeah. to the thrill of the game, man. You need it. You yeah. can't have yeah. guys just dab it up. Oh, you know I'm going to see you. We're getting some wine after the game. Kumbaya we're gonna and all. Do, that. We're gonna we're gonna do a podcast. Yeah, they're all trying. They're all trying to be like us out here. They want to be. They all trying to be like us, man. They're all trying to be your <laughs> podcaster's favorite podcaster. But hey, that's a fact. Hey, Van Gundy hanging off people's legs. That's what we want to see. Yeah, man, I want to see some action. I want to see some fights. You know, yeah, look, how about I, who, what was that game where you why had? Uh, what was it? Oh my God, not not Siakam. Um, Serge Ibaka. You had Serge oh. Ibaka on the Toronto Raptors, almost landing that, almost decked. I forget who. Like threw a punch, just barely missed him. But that's we need some chippiness, man. Not well, necessarily well, for anyone to be hospitalized, but I want to see some. Oh, yeah. uh, I want to see. Uh, I want to see some fights, man. I want. I think. I, I think you'll see more of it, and in the playoffs as well. This is, you know, because Why do you think that because it's so wide open, and everybody thinks they have a chance. And when you think you have a chance, you're going to go even harder. Mm. And and series are going to get really close because it's so wide open, and there's some parity. I think there's going to be a lot of chippiness this playoffs. I would love to see it. What teams do you want to see that for? What teams do you want to see this chippiness? 
I want to see this chippiness between the Heat and the Knicks. Oof, that, that's already natural. So <laughs> that's already natural. I thought you were gonna give me something different. I thought you were gonna give me something different. You know, I want to. Okay, see how about how, how about okay? I want to see SGA and Ant go at it, but not there. Really. You go. That's not, I, but, I was waiting for that one. That was the one I was waiting for. Andrew. But come on. But that you know what? That's more like I want to. I'd rather see them just go out in basketball than. I guess you could you could add the chippiness in there, but I really want to see. The, they're giving so they're giving shots to each other, whether in post game, whether yeah, SGA SGA on the caption. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. SGA on the caption. Look. I feel like we're going to get that. I mean, especially if you're the Knicks, you're going to have the Cavs, the Heat, the Pacers. It's all right there for the taking. Um, so for the West, I'm gonna look through, who do I want the chippiness between? I mean, I feel like the Pelicans are always involved in some sort of altercation. Tra at this oh, point. maybe Suns-Warriors again? Suns-Warriors. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. Kings-Lakers? You know, there's some bad blood in that history. There is. There is. Oh. Yeah, there is. I can't wait to see um, when OKC plays once one of those veteran teams. There'll probably be some chippiness there because none of those teams are going to want to lose to a young team like that. Shout out to producer Gamba. He says he wants to see Isaiah Stewart versus anyone. That's the, that's the battle he wants to see. Well, that means the Detroit Pistons would have to be good. <laughs> yeah. Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see them in the playoffs, but you never know with Beef Stew. You never know what he's going to do. Never know, man. I mean, I just remember the day. He Yo, did you hear the story about the dude he punched? They said on social media that he got punched right in the face and didn't even flinch. Wow. He just, he just stayed there. You're saying Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart got punched in the face and he didn't flinch? Nah, Isaiah Stewart punched dude in the face and the dude just stood there. Wow. You know, like wrestling back in the 80s when they used to yes. punch you and you were just like, you got even more hyped? You know what yeah. I mean? Okay. That's what I heard what happened. Jeez. That's terrifying. <laughs> that is. Somebody you don't want to see in a dark alley. But hey, there you go. We need more rivalries back in the NBA, man. I'm happy that there's this much parity because, as to your point, I mean, there'll be some good battles, man. Who knows? Maybe maybe the Knicks Cavs will get another... another uh... Cavs seem like some nice guys, though. I don't see them uh, scrapping it up, really, right? I mean, that's why they got washed in five games against the New York Knicks. True, too nice, maybe too nice. They're too nice. It's, it's going to be tougher. They're more of a finesse team. That's what I'm saying. They're too, they're two of a finesse team. Yeah, but and, but uh, they're but they're in a high. They're in the same tier as OK. Well, they're in the same tier as OKC. Or I keep mistaking this. No, OKC. you're there in the same tier as OKC and the Timberwolves. Come on, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. To, just because you shrink together, I don't care how many wins in the regular season. You have to look at the team and how they'll play in the playoffs. Anyway. Yeah. Well, there we go. Salute to NBA Nation. Thank you all for tuning in. That's 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 all we got for today, everybody. That's all we got for today. Andrew, you got any last words before we wrap up and get out of here? Always great talking basketball with you, Alex. Um, that's it, man. Always great, man. I guess you could say for that. I guess you could say for Duncan Robinson grabbing onto the leg. It was, it was nasty work, man. That was nasty. Nasty work. work Saturdays. We're bringing nasty work to Saturdays. Let's go. Nasty work to Saturdays. You already know what it is. So salute to NBA Nation. Thank you all for tuning in for another NBA Weekly Episode 2. Appreciate all, appreciate all of you, all 79 of you right now tapping in live. Thank you. Shout out to everybody in the chat right now who's been contributing. We got Gamba in here. We got our King Mod in here, TM. We got Dude Rap. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Rob Rich. Shout out to you as well. Whitaker Wright, shout out to you, my guy, JJ. We got John Talento. Who else we got? We had My Two Cents, Bomani UFG, salute to you. We got Demario Montag, 
salute to you as well who else we got in here j rose all right all right got a lot of you man got a lot of you appreciate it's a it's all a of you for tuning in it's a party on a saturday let's go party on a saturday darlene bryant shout out to you as well shout out to you as well thank you all for tuning in for another nba report episode nba weekly it's me Alex Terrace, aka the Tradicaster, my guy Andrew Saab, aka the one-two combo. We just covered everything from the Warriors, from Steve, Steph Curry and Steve Kerr, keeping that marriage going. From are the Nuggets? Should we be concerned about the Nuggets? The Miami Heat and the New Orleans Pelicans getting into a brawl. Mavs, are they contenders? Let us know your thoughts, man. Leave a comment in the comment section below after this video if you haven't done so already. And hey. Make sure to share the links to all these videos. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure to always tap in. We'll be back on the weekends talking about the NBA. Make sure to catch Combo's Court, man. He's Thank been you. doing. He's been pulling in some amazing guests. I mean, Bob Ryan. My man's going out here, sending out the bat signal to get everybody in here. Man's going right to here. the athletic, no matter who it is, whatever they cover, what what team they cover. My man's getting all the guests. So shout out to you, Andrew, for doing a phenomenal job. Appreciate that. Thank you to everybody who tunes in, too. Thank you. Yeah, man. So salute to everybody. Remember, tune in on Saturdays. Tune in on the weekends. We'll be back, all right? But for now, we out. We'll catch you later. Peace.